0: Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. According to recent statistics, there are about 2.4 billion Christians in the world today. Muslims come in second with the largest religious group at about 1.9 billion people. Hinduism claims another 1.1 billion. Billion people. Buddhists number about half of that at 520 million people. You may be surprised to find out or to hear that Judaism only has about 14 and a half million million with an M members worldwide. And despite their heavy emphasis upon evangelism, Mormons only record about 16 million members around the world, with Jehovah's Witnesses at about 8.6 million people, both groups with most of those members here in the United States. With the world's current population at 7.8 billion people, that means that about 5.2 billion people in this world are not Christians, more than two-thirds of the world's population. Perhaps what is more interesting is how these numbers have arrived, where they are today. Simply put, as the studies most consistently show, the growth of religions take place within families. Most studies show that Islam is growing so fast, fastest growing in the world, because they have more children per family than adherents of other religions. And one can find that many of the world's major religions are connected with specific countries or regions in the world. For example, Hinduism, you will find mainly within the country of India, which has a population of over 1.3 billion people. Seeking to gain converts into religions is not really at the heart of most of the world's religions. If it does happen to be within a religion's purpose or intent, it is usually for the purpose of power, of influence, in a region of the world or further. And Christianity fairly well remains the only religion that seeks to bring others into it for the sake of the individual, with a true desire for all to believe in Jesus and so to receive eternal life. In his kingdom. Today's gospel text from St. Matthew, we hear of the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry following his baptism and his temptation in the wilderness. His own relative, John the Baptizer, had been arrested by Herod. So Jesus withdrew from the southern region of Judea up into the northern region of Galilee. And there in Galilee was, as the prophet Isaiah had said, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, the people walking in darkness. Galilee in the north was much more welcoming as a home for cultures and peoples from around the world than was Judea and Jerusalem in the south. The northern kingdom was that territory first conquered by the pagan Assyrians thus vacating that region several hundred years before of those who truly feared Yahweh as God. And in Jesus' day, up there in Galilee, you would find many more Gentiles than even non-Jews, or those who are non-Jews there in Galilee. And yet, this is where our Lord chooses to begin His ministry, His work of bringing in the kingdom of God into this world among those Jews in Galilee, the land of Gentiles. There around that Sea of Galilee, in the northern kingdom, the Lord Jesus called His first followers to come after Him. They were, as mentioned earlier, fishermen. Jesus was going to teach them how to be fishers of men. They would be the ones to cast out the gospel net of Jesus Christ into this world in order to bring all the world unto Jesus, the light of the world. Now we confess again in the Nicene Creed that we believe in the one holy Christian and apostolic church. Apostolic bears two important meanings. First, The Church of Jesus Christ is based upon His teachings, as has been handed down first to His disciples, known as the Apostles. Their statements about who Jesus is and what He has come to do for all the world's forgiveness of sins, those statements are summed up in the words we know so well as the Apostles' Creed. The Christian Church then always seeks, or at least it should, To follow the teachings of the apostles, for they are the teachings of the Lord Jesus. And as we hear from St. Paul, however, it's not hard for Christian groups, for the teachings of the apostles, indeed to be misinterpreted. For other Christians to follow other voices, even those sounding like Jesus. That's what we hear in Paul's firm words to the church in Corinth, words of rebuke to those Christians gathered in that great Greek city. I appeal to you, brothers, Paul writes, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind, in the same judgment, no doubt our Lord's will, even today, for His church on earth. Paul continues, each of one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. All Christians are baptized into Jesus' name only. All Christians are to believe that salvation is in Jesus only, not by any works or anything else. For it is as the Scriptures teach it. Christians are not to follow the whims or the fancies of random Christians who claim inspiration or to know truly what the Word of God means. Rather, as St. Paul confirms, Christians are to root their beliefs and their understandings in the Word of God alone. For the Word of the cross, Paul says, is folly to those who are perishing, But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Firmly rooted in the teachings of Jesus Christ regarding himself alone as the Savior of all mankind, we then move on to the very important second meaning of apostolic. The word apostle comes from the Greek word apostello, which means I send. An apostle, then, is one who is Sent, And the church that is apostolic is one that is sent out into all this world. It follows Jesus' words from Matthew 28, Be going then, make disciples of all nations. And guess what? That is exactly what the early church did. It went out into all the world. We hear mostly in the book of Acts of St. Paul and his four missionary journeys around the known Mediterranean world of his day. The other apostles are believed through church tradition to have made similar journeys into other parts of the world. That is why we are here in America as the people of God as Christians some ten to 12,000 miles away from the original home of Jesus in this world. We are part of all the nations. All people are. For the Lord Jesus has come for everyone, not just one. The gospel of Jesus Christ, of Him crucified, it is for all the world. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No exceptions, no limitations. All are children of Adam and Eve, descendants thus, and are in need of salvation. All are in need of Jesus as the Christ. This is such a vital part of the season of Epiphany, as it is in our readings for this Sunday. The prophet Isaiah, he foretold it, the time when the people who walked in darkness would see a great light. Jesus alone is that light, the light of this Dark world, He is that Word of God that is the lamp for our feet, the light for our path, shining that light of His grace, of His love, and of His mercy into this dark world of sin and this dark world of death. The Apostle Paul, who traveled throughout many pagan lands in order to visit those who had believed in the promises of the coming Christ, this was his intent called by God. To bring the light of Christ. And then, through those whom Paul reached, Paul was able to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to even more and more people. And that church in Corinth was one such place. For Paul's work, as led by the Holy Spirit, is why there is still a very strong Christian presence in countries such as Syria and even Turkey, in Greece and in Rome. Even islands like Malta, where Paul was shipwrecked once. And that message that Paul brought to each and every one of those various nations and to all of those different peoples, it was always the same. And it echoed that of our Lord Jesus. Repent. Turn away. It's what our Lord came to bring all people to do. The message for all the world, ever since the fall into sin and to death and rebellion against God, repent, turn away, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Lord Jesus is the one who has brought that kingdom into this world. He does so with his own presence as that king. For He is Lord of heaven and of earth. Wherever Jesus is, His kingdom is. His realm is. Wherever mercy dwells, the mercy of God, there is Jesus on the throne. Wherever miracles are performed, even still today, there the kingdom of heaven resides. And wherever Christians are throughout this world, there is the kingdom of God. The church continues to hold fast to the word of Jesus, because it alone is the word that gives forgiveness of all sins, cleanses from all unrighteousness, gives eternal life and grants salvation. It's the words, the promises of God so declare. And the church continues then to be apostolic, sent Because of Christ's love, not just for us, but for all people. And his desire that all be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For Jesus truly is the light of this world. He is the light that is shining in the darkness. He is your light, your salvation, now and forevermore. Amen. The peace that does pass all of our human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.